The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. With available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Welcome to the Early Edge NFL Week 16 Mega Preview presented by BetMGM. We have a great cast. We have 16 games to break down over four days. Let's get right to it. Let's bring in all the experts. We have R.J. White, the guy who runs everything NFL, the guy who's cashed twice in the Super Contest. We have Emery Hunt, the czar of the playbook from Football Game Plan. And welcome back, Katie Mox, to the show. Katie, I know your Niners are making you happy, but your picks on <laughs> Sportsline are also making a lot of people happy lately. I believe it's a 15-7 and seven run. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's been such a long time since I've been on the early edge. I miss that that music, you know, when the countdown is happening. It's such a fun music. And, yes, I, I think I had my first losing week in a while um, this week, but looking forward to bouncing back. Well, you'll have to excuse me because the landscapers decided to show up <laughs> right at the beginning of this show. It can't be for my place. It must be for – uh, the estate next door. So let's just get right into Thursday night football. We have three official plays on this game. Katie, I'm coming right back to you. Rams and Saints, both teams yeah. seven and seven. Rams laying four at home. Who do you like? Uh, look, I took the uh, the Giants last week, the points of the Giants last week versus the Saints. I fell for the DeVito. Um, not doing that uh, this week. Well, I actually am doing that this week because I'm going to fade the Saints here. Take the Rams minus four. You look at these two offenses and you say, who do I trust more? And that has to be the L.A. Rams, right? They're four and one in their last five games. Their only loss really came against the Ravens in overtime, and that is arguably the best team, certainly the best record uh, in the NFL and in the AFC. Matt Staff has been balling. He's thrown for 12 touchdown passes in the last four games. You look at someone like Derek Carr, he's thrown for 16 touchdown passes all year long and seven interceptions. Kyron Williams, Puka Nakua, Cooper Cup, everybody has been balling out. And yes, the Saints have won two in a row, but against who? The Giants and the Panthers? I don't exactly think that's something to write home about here. You know, they're 19th in rushing offense uh, with 132 yards allowed per game. Um, and the Saints defense, you know, they're good, um, but they're a little bit bad against the run here. Um, so Kyron Williams, you look at him last week, 953 rushing yards, the fourth most in the NFL. He's on pace, guys, to become the Rams' first thousand yard rusher since Todd Gurley in 2018. So I just think that the rate the Rams, excuse me, are just doing a lot better now than the Saints are. I don't trust this offense at all. And the Rams are heating up. So I'll go ahead and lay the four. Emery, I'm coming to you. Do you agree or disagree? Listen, Katie laid it out perfectly and beautifully. So follow her advice. But the big story here. Most people say, hey, the landscaper came next to my apartment, my house, my home. This man, Larry, said, a state. Goodness. Like, oh, my God, Larry. I like that. <laughs> but I am laying the points with the Rams. Katie, you know, echoed a lot of points. There's no way the Saints offense with Derek Carr can compete against his Ram defense, period. Lay these four points. And RJ, are you going to make it unanimous? I'm also on the Rams, but I, I can't talk right now because of what's going on at my location. So RJ, are you going to make it unanimous? My lean would certainly be that way. You talk about a state. I mean, Larry's building a state because of his great defensive prop, um, you know, that he puts in on Sportsline. Um, so follow those. I think he had both of them that I, I saw 
last week. So if you want an estate, I would follow Larry on those defense props too. But <laughs> yeah, my, my lean it would be to the Rams. My worry is that they're at peak value and the line seems fair. I make it four in my power ratings. Um, so it just seems a little too easy for the Rams. I think this is line where this should where where it should be. New Orleans, you know, even though though they have these two blowout wins, they're coming off back to back wins. They gave up 204 rush yards to Carolina, and the Rams are now up to the eighth in yards per play. Can do it both throwing and running the ball. Kyron Williams looks elite. If I'm going to play this game, it's going to be the Kyron Williams over rush yard prop, 88 and a half. Last time I saw it today. So um, if you're looking to play this game and you're a little worried about the spread, I would just play Kyron Williams over rush because he's hitting. He hit 88 yards in each of his four games coming back from the IR. He's averaging something like 125 in his last four. I just think he hits 100 pretty easily here. And where are you going to bet on the Rams and lay the points and bet that Kyron Williams prop? It's got to be bet MGM. Bet MGM has all the action you need for every sports fan. New bet MGM customers sign up today, get a first bet offer up to $1,500. If your first bet loses, you will receive $1,500 in bonus bets with the bonus code EDGE1500. You've got to use the bonus code EDGE1500. Let's get to... A couple of interesting games on the Saturday slate, starting with the Bengals and Steelers. This was Jake Browning's first game. Uh, Steelers won at 16-10. He actually didn't play badly in that game. I was looking back at the numbers. Uh, since then, he's absolutely been on fire. Um, RJ, set the table for us on this one. Yeah, you know who didn't play badly in the game was the Pittsburgh offense for the first time ever. This was coming out of the Matt Canada firing. They had, that was their 400-yard game. Outgained Cincy by nearly 200 yards, only one by six. Should have been a bigger blowout. Pittsburgh was minus two in that game in week 12. Uh, the last three weeks have been diametric opposites for these teams. Three wins for Cincy. Talk of Browning as a top 32 quarterback. Why is he not a starter in this league? Three bad losses for Pittsburgh, two against two and two and ten teams. That's moved the line by about eight points when considering home field advantage flip. And I think that's just too much. I think that that basically is telling you Jake Browning is Joe Burrow, uh, and you're not really taking into account these Cincy injuries that they picked up several key ones in this last game. Uh, DJ Reader out at defensive tackle. Um, that's a big one. Uh, should help the Steelers be able to run the ball better. Jamar Chase trending down, sprained AC joint. Um, I, you know, I don't think he plays in this game. So I think they're worse off than that Week 12 game where they can only muster 10 points against this defense. And you know, you look at the Pittsburgh quarterback roulette, that's a problem. I don't think you downgrade from Pickett to Rudolph that many points. Since the defense is tied for lasting yards per play, they were just lit up by Nick Mullins and Ty Chandler last week. So I don't see why Mason Rudolph can't come in here, have a good offensive day. I know these guys are going to probably try to sell you on the Bengals. I think this line it should be a pick em. I think the value here is on the Steelers. At this number, it's just too good not to tease. So this is the first leg of my teaser for this week, teasing it up to Pittsburgh plus eight. And Katie, I'm coming to you because it seems like you're sort of on the other side of this one. I am. And RJ makes obviously a lot of good points. I don't hate teasing, you know, Pittsburgh up to plus eight, but I'll still go ahead and lay the two points with the Bengals. Uh, Jake Browning to me is like Joe Burrow 2.0, Purdy 2.0, whatever you want to call him. He's averaging 300 passing yards over the last three games, those three games that he has won. And yes, the Steelers did win the first matchup 16 to 10. That was their last win. They've dropped three in a row, and this could very well be Mike Tomlin's first losing season. Um, as RJ hit on, no Jamar Chase. I'd be very surprised if he plays in this game. But since he does still have weapons, you know, in Chase's absence, T. Higgins had a pair of scores um, on Saturday. Tyler Boyd obviously going to be looked upon to make some bigger contributions, which is sad for me because I gave him up um, in fantasy. I just don't see the Steelers team figuring it out. And, yes, they're going to Mason Rudolph, but I, we don't know exactly what we're going to get from him so and the the Steelers defense has not looked that great as of late you know they've they've allowed over 20 points after the first you know they I think their four game win streak they were allowing under 20 so I'll go ahead and lay the points uh, with Jake Browning and the Bengals and then we've got a late game Bills at Chargers I'm not backing the Chargers again after what they've done to me the past two weeks <laughs> even though they have the interim coach you expect a little bit more effort and the market likes them because the Bills on a short week after a massive win should be a letdown spot they think they're going to cruise in there and win I just like this Bills offense playing in perfect conditions against a defense that doesn't have Bosa is basically you just have to stop Khalil Mack. And you know what they did? They didn't let Micah Parsons get one QB hit uh, on on Sunday uh, for the Cowboys. So I like the Bills to score a lot. I don't know if they're going to cover because I do think the Chargers could get involved late with some offense. Emery, I see you shaking your head. Oh, that was for another reason. But I will. I don't I don't I like the under here. 
Um, I, I feel like we'll get that post-firing head coach bounce um, from yeah. the Chargers. They'll be motivated. They'll be inspired. Uh, Bills uh, struggled a little bit. The Cardinals do have – I'm sorry, the Chargers do have personnel that matches up well uh, against that Bills offense. So this could be a competitive game. I like the Bills to cover, but I also like the under more so than anything. RJ, were you surprised that we saw so much Chargers action when this got to 13 and a half? I am not because the look ahead was around nine and a half. Um, and so you're already reopening it because this great bills run four points higher. Um, that's obviously was too high for the market. I think it's worth an upgrade here actually would make the line around 12, 12 and a half. So I'm interested to see that it keeps coming down. Now it's all the way down to 11, 10 and a half at some sites. I think at that point you start to look at the bills. Hopefully you can get a 10 before you play the bills. Um, but I agree with Emery here on the under um, the market is also pushing this, this total up. Uh, it was 42 and a half earlier. It's 44. Now I think the bills, can name their score against a softball defense, um, but it could be a letdown spot. I don't know if they're going to be up for it after this run of Philly, Casey, Dallas, you know, where they're up for it every game. So they need to kind of recharge, get ready for the last couple games here. Um, they do need to gain one game on Miami in the next two weeks to be live for the division. The schedule does line up well for them to do that. But their defense more vulnerable versus the run, but the Chargers offense 27th in yards per rush. I just can't expect the Chargers to score many points here. Spread was a little too high to play. Like I said, if it gets a little bit lower, you start to look at the bills, but I could see them running with the lead. Uh, having another eight completion day for Josh Allen or whatever he had last week and just winning a very easy 24-13 type of game. And the Bills, even though everyone is on them and thinks they're a Super Bowl sleeper, they're not in the playoffs as we stand if the playoffs started today. Uh, So they got some work to do. We've got more work to do, and we're going to attack the Sunday slate after we hear from one of our sponsors. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Well, Arthur Smith came out uh, and changed quarterbacks yet again, benching Desmond Ritter for Taylor Heineke. And the reason that I think it's a bad move, Amory, I'm going to come to you on this game because I know you have an official play, is Desmond Ritter is good at home. He's 6-2 and two at home. He's 2-6 and six on the road. He just threw one of the worst interceptions you'll ever see straight to Xavier Woods. Panthers get the ball, drive it all the way down get that big win. Now the Falcons come home. They make the move to Taylor Heineke, and the market liked it. Falcons went from two-point dogs to one-point favorites. Which side are you on? It's funny, as if people hadn't seen Taylor Heineke play before, especially this season. <laughs> like, they lost this. I don't get it, but it, it's a panic move, and head coaches should become head coaches, not try to take their job as a coordinator and still be a head coach. No, that's what the problem is right now with Atlanta. Arthur Smith still wants to be an OC, but just under the umbrella of a head coach, and he's panicking right now like OCs do when they get backed in the down the distance. And this is why this line changed. The Colts are a well-structured, well-oiled machine. They show you what coaching looks like. Multiple starters at running back. Multiple times we've seen uh, quarterbacks. Different people have been in and out of the lineup, but the consistency of how they execute has been the same. I like the Colts here to win big. RJ, what's your side on this one? Yeah, I, I'm a little angry with myself of not putting the Falcons in as a play on Monday. I did like them. I thought the line should be Falcons as a short favorite, so I thought we were getting good value there, but just didn't get to it in time. And then that news dropped uh, this week. I also wanted to see a little bit about what the Falcons would do up front because they've had a lot of defensive line injuries and would like to see them a little get a little healthier. But now that the lines move, I think it's about where it should be. Uh, Indy has an average offense now that Pittman's in concussion protocol. We have questions at running back. We don't know if Zach Moss will play. 
we don't know if Jonathan Taylor will be back. I know the guys that subbed in this past week did a good job, but but still, if that indie offense is down Pittman and down to their third string running backs, I don't know they're going to score a ton of points here. The Atlanta defense, seventh in yards per play, third on third down, and second in the red zone. Very good situationally. If they are healthier on the D-line, I think they win this game. Their offense had 415 yards per game in the last six at home and 266 yards per game in seven on the road. This is the spot where you want to be in Atlanta. The problem is Indy's defense also can create big plays, top five in both sack rate and interception rate. And if they do create big plays, this one could be close. It could be one of those. Never know what happens with the Colts. They can win or lose every game by 20. So I'm probably going to stay away now that the line is about where I think it should be. You know, the whole world was on the uh, Titans this week, uh, and we know what happened. Uh, Mike Vrabel stopped, uh, said, you know, we don't need to score any points. We'll just win this game 13-0, 13-3. It all fell apart thanks to some questionable calls. And then we saw Will Levis get hurt. I think the whole world is going to be on the Seahawks this week, coming off that riveting win, that big drive from Drew Locke, regardless of which quarterback plays. I think the whole world wants to take the Seahawks, whether it's going to be Levis coming back from the ankle, Willis, Tannehill, we don't know yet. RJ, are you going to be on the Seahawks? Yeah, and I think you want to be on them early. So if you're going to play it, I play the Seahawks early because this should get to three at some point. The schedule is finally lightening up for the Seahawks. They played the Rams, 49ers, Cowboys, 49ers again, and Eagles. And they just, you know, did not look like a great team during that stretch. Finally got it together against the Eagles this past Monday. I think their defense, which actually did play really well, they stepped up without Jamal Adams and Devon Weatherspoon. I think they play better down the stretch here. They gave Hurts his worst passing game of the year. They Whoever's at quarterback for the Titans is going to struggle here. Um, their offense looked awful after the opening drive. Just 121 yards on 10 drives. And that's at home against a bad Houston pass defense. They were doing that. Bad Houston pass defense. It also, I believe, is down Tavier Thomas for the season there. The tier Tart uh, uh, loss, the cutting him and him not wanting to play, it's a big loss for Tennessee's rush defense. They've been pretty banged up up front anyway. And the, you saw without him, they just got rolled over by Devin Singletary. I think Seattle can go into this game, lean on the run, not ask whoever's a quarterback to do that much, uh, and they'll show up. I mean, they're in winner-go-home mode for the rest of the season now, knowing they have to keep winning to get back into the playoff picture here. And Tennessee, we haven't really been used to seeing them out of the playoff race under Rabel. They're typically either in the playoffs or alive until the very end. So it'll be interesting to see how this team responds now that it has nothing to play for. Uh, do they show up? I mean, the Tart the tart uh, transaction makes me think maybe there's a little bit of grumbling and, and already people like looking forward to next season. So I think if you're going to play it, I like Seattle. My, I would make it three. And I, like I said, play Seattle now because once it gets to three, I'm not that interested in them. Emery, do you buy into that Seattle uh, changed its entire season is now going to make a run to the playoffs? Absolutely. And on the other side, you have no real identity for Tennessee and teams have figured this out this season. If we just beat um, Derrick Henry to the spot, we could stop him in the backfield. There's no threat vertically, you know, from in their passing game outside of maybe DeAndre Hopkins offensive pass interference, the defensive backs that don't get called. Um, there's really no course of, of uh, action for their passing attack. So this offense is disjointed. Now they're banged up. Seattle's coming off an emotional win. Uh, they have better pieces, and where they're strong is where Tennessee is struggling right now in the secondary. I can see Drew Locke and or Geno Smith having a field day throwing the football, so I like the Seahawks here. This next game has me hating myself, and I'm talking about the Vikings hosting the Lions. I was so late on this. I wanted the Vikings getting over a field goal. I mean, you look at their games. All of their losses have been very tight. That defense, except for late against the Bengals, has been rock solid. And Jared Goff against the Blitz is not going to be Jared Goff against what we saw, you know, a Denver defense that was a little bit fraudulent at home. And now they have to go on the road. I wish I could have gotten three and a half with Nick Mullins. RJ, would you still take a field goal with Nick Mullins? I think a field goal is the right number. Um, so it's tough to, to to take either side there. Detroit's offense back on track with a huge game versus a bad Denver defense. Uh, the Detroit defense allowed less than 26 points for the first time since their week nine bye. They finally showed up. We were waiting for this game for a long time, considering the talent they have there. Minnesota's offense looked good with Mullins at quarterback, but that was an easy matchup for them to exploit. Um, so we'll see if Detroit's defense continues to play well or if Mullins continues to play well. I think the pass offense can have success with Mullins. I don't trust Detroit's defense on the road. Minnesota Minnesota's defense also fourth in yards per rush. The key here will be getting pressure on Goff with Brian Flores sending, sending that pressure like he likes to do. So they are not just picked apart by the passing game here because that could happen in this game too with St. Brown and Laporta. Um, so my power ratings make, make it right at three. If I'm going to play this game, it's probably going to be the over if I think that the Lions can hold off this Vikings defense. I think there's going to be some points scored here and this can get over 50.
And Emery, are you looking for points here? Are you looking for an over? I'm looking at the Lions winning big because Nick Mullins is another one that tends to turn the ball over the worst possible time. <laughs> uh, so, ladies, points with Detroit. I feel like what we'll see, what we saw versus Cincinnati throughout the course of the game is what we'll see for the entire game. Sans that late, you know, uh, four minute rush that we saw at the end that pushed the game into overtime. Detroit now knows that they have to keep pace in order, to, you know, to improve their playoff standing. So, I like Detroit here big. Katie, you, nobody follows the 49ers closer than you. Uh, what do you think about Nick Mullins? I mean, he put up great numbers, but he also had two picks uh, inside yeah. the 25 that just can't happen. You know, I was just thinking this as a 49ers fan, you know, we've had Nick Mullins. We've seen a lot of Nick Mullins. And uh, when I was watching the game and I'd even tweeted out like Vikings fans and maybe people who aren't as familiar are getting the full Nick Mullins experience here. He has some incredible plays. And like you said, over 300 passing yards, but two really bad decisions, two really bad turnovers and one um, that cost him the game. So Nick Mullins is not one of those backup quarterbacks. I think that you can actually trust um, the Lions seem to have got their stuff together. They're using their two-headed monster with their two running backs better that finally, I feel like all season long, we've been waiting for them um, to do that. And, you know, the defense was a little bit less of a pass funnel. So I would lean uh, laying the three points with the Lions because they're in a position too where they got to start turning things on um, coming into the later half of the season. We have never skipped a game on this show before, but this one is yeah. a candidate. When you talk about the commanders visiting the Jets, uh, they are going back to Sam Howell. Very curious why you pull a young quarterback uh, if the whole point is to get him experience. And then on the Jets side, it's not going to be Aaron Rodgers. Zach uh, Wilson still in the concussion protocol, so it could be Trevor Simeon. RJ, the only way I could look in this game is to lay the points with the Jets, even though that's hard to do with a team that can't score, just because the commanders, since those trades, since like four or five straight games, have not covered, and their defense is just abysmal. You talk about if we were going to skip a game, it should be this one. The total in this game is 37 and a half. It's like seven and a half points higher than the lowest total this season. I mean, mm -hmm. there have been atrocious games this year, yet this total, which you're framing as one of the worst of the year, is at 37 and a half. My pick here, my best bet here is the under. It's shocking how much better Jacoby Brissett looked than Sam Howell, considering Sam Howell's gotten all the run with the ones in practices. He should have all this, you know, uh, uh, the, the be able to hit uh, Terry McLaurin whenever he wants. And it took Brissett getting in there to, to get McLaurin so to get going. So I can't trust him to score points now that he's playing this game at the Jets, one of the best defenses in the league, especially at home. If Wilson's out with a concussion, I can't really trust the Jets to score points, even against the 32nd ranked pass defense. The Jets offense has multiple offensive touchdowns in just two games all year. And Washington has allowed multiple touchdowns in 13 straight. So, you know, something's got to give on that sense. And I think it might be the Jets offense if Trevor Simeon's that quarterback. The Jets are the by far the best unit in the game on defense. They can dictate what happens here. Washington has thrown four picks sixes here i think uh the play on minus three is interesting uh, that's probably where i put the line maybe lean to the jets here but i mean if even if the jets offense can score points in this bad washington defense i don't see how washington does their part to help this push this over so like this when it was 38 i would still play this best bet under 37 and a half this line should probably be at least two points lower to me RJ, I'm going to come right back to you because we have another game where you are going under. This is the Packers visiting the Panthers. Must-win game for Green Bay. The Panthers now 2-1 and one against the spread under their interim coach, the exception being you know, the debacle in New Orleans, which was their third straight road game. I would look at the points here if the Packers still have a lot of those key guys out, uh, namely Christian Watson. But RJ, you're going for the total. Taking the under here, Panthers unders have been almost a lock for recently. They just do not score a ton of points in games. The one that wasn't a lock, they got that garbage touchdown uh, in the Tampa Bay game and were able to get a two-point conversion on top of that. We're able to cover in that game, but I think the total there was a little bit lower than 39, and that's where that game ended. Green Bay was let down by their defense against Tampa Bay. That's not going to be the case this week because Carolina's offense cannot score. They cannot move the ball. They're 32nd in yards per play. Their offense has 200-plus net passing yards in just one of Bryce Young's 13 
13 starts. 200 net passing yards should be the baseline for any NFL offense, and they just cannot get there. <laughs> they have six offensive touchdowns since the week seven bye. They're not going to score points in this game. They, they don't score points in any game. Carolina's defense, though, continues to shine. I harp them every week. They are now eighth in yards per play. They've given up 253 yards per game since that week seven bye. That is a very low number. 261 leads the league. That's what the Browns give up a game, you know, on average per game. They are playing better in just a yards per game number than the Browns since the bye. Um, so their defense playing well. This line may go up if Green Bay starts getting good injury news. I would not be comfortable playing them higher than four and a half. I think that that's kind of your cap on where you're playing it. But this under needs to go lower because the Panthers are just smash spot on unders lately. Emery, what do you think about the Packers in this spot, and will they be able to turn around and, and save their season? Well, I mean, this is the perfect opponent. You know, you have a, a young team that's struggling, that's finding a way to win. They got their second win uh, last weekend, and Green Bay is now in. They have to win every game, but they made themselves into uh, put in this situation when you lose to a Giants. So now, okay, maybe that can help them out in this ball game here. They should win on paper. Um, defensively, they should be able to get pressure. I, I know four and a half seems like a lot for this Packers team that does struggle a little bit, but I do like them, the ladies' points. I will go back to that, that Commanders-Jets game and say, take the Commanders to win that <laughs> one outright. I can't trust none of those quarterbacks on the Jets side, and desperation is a stinky cologne, and we see both teams uh, desperate in what they've done with their quarterback situations, but I can trust the Commanders to win. Emery, I was trying to cut off all Jets Commanders talk right there, but but you got that in, so uh, way to go there. But Katie, w- what do you think about Packers Panthers and uh, and the spread? Yeah, I tend to agree and, and lean more uh, with laying the points with the Packers here, four and a half. I know it seems like a lot, and the Packers have been on a little bit of skid, but, you know, RJ kind of hit the nail on the head. The Packers' defense got absolutely shredded last week. They gave up 34 points, 452 yards at Tampa Bay. That is not going to be a problem for them with Carolina. This team has virtually no offense at all. They won their second game of the season despite not finding the end zone. And, by the way, this game is going to be in Carolina, where prices to get in were about 50 cents so there may be more Packers fans at uh, at uh, Panther Stadium than not and so yeah I tend to to think that the Packers are going to bounce back here I don't think their defense is going to have quite the problem against the Carolina Panthers okay well how about a another game that I think is very interesting when you look at the Browns and the Texans you know is CJ Stroud going to play probably the expectation is and the line is telling you he's going to clear uh, the concussion protocol against Joe Flacco who just continues to make plays bad plays but then he rescues you in the fourth quarter why did the Bears blitz him on third and 15 he finds Njoku game-winning field goal RJ do you think Joe Flacco keeps up the magic this is probably about where the spread should be. I threw the Browns in as the second leg of my teaser. Just the perfect teaser number here. Take them up to plus eight and a half. Houston won on their run game in defense last week. Last week was Stroud out. Line is telling you, like he said, you said, he'll be back this week. Noah Brown was fine as their wide receiver one in a good matchup versus Tennessee. The offense needs Nico Collins back in this matchup. If Nico Collins is out, I think then you start to look even even harder at the Browns here because um, I don't know that they solve this this the Texans solve this Browns pass defense with just Noah Brown as. Their wide receiver one here. Cleveland allowing more than 30 points per game on the road. I do like the matchup, though, if Nico Collins is out. Cleveland's offense definitely stepping up with Flacco. They have to avoid turnovers. Um, Houston's defense allowed just 3.2 yards per play at Tennessee. They stepped up in that game. Um, I It's weird when you look at who to trust on, on, on both sides of the ball here in both units. I might trust the Cleveland passing game most in this matchup out of anything, oddly enough. So I do think they probably win the game, but the line's about where it should be. Um, and if they need to, they can backdoor the cover on the teaser number. So worth teasing it up with the Steelers if you don't want to take Pittsburgh on the straight spread because you want to back what these guys said about Cincy. I like Pittsburgh plus eight and Cleveland plus eight and a half as a teaser. Yeah, the Texans absolutely shut down Derrick Henry. It was like, what, 20, less than 15 yards of production from 20 carries. I mean, they just keep kept running it right on first down into the teeth of the line. Emery, do you, are you impressed with that Texans defense and what they can do against the Browns? Yeah, and it shows you that you need balance on offense. And when one side of your offensive attack isn't getting respected, teams get aggressive in that other aspect and they're able to take that away. That's what we saw last week, and that's what we'll see from both teams uh, in this ball game. neither which I believe will respect each other's run game. So it'll have to be Flacco versus what we expect to be C.J. Stroud. I also like the over here. I feel like this is a playoff game. 
uh, both teams. Browns are currently in with nine wins, and you see the Texans right there in the hunt at seven and six, so uh, or eight and six. For me, it's about hey, this is a must-win game. You got to win to stay in it. I look for the Texans and Browns to end up in the shootout uh, down there in Houston. We're going to get to Cowboys, Dolphins, and a couple of the other late Sunday games. But first, we got to hear from one of our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jags visiting the Buccaneers. Will Trevor Lawrence get cleared or not? RJ, how do you break down this matchup? It's interesting. Uh, Emery said the Houston game uh, a minute ago was a playoff game. Some of us were asked our, our, to do one through seven seeds for AFC and NFC um, for social prior to last week. And I almost put Houston as my winner for that division over the Jags. And I just and I played out all the games and I said, man, I really want to take Houston here. Based on the tiebreakers, I think they're going to take it over Jacksonville. Did not do it. Ultimately chickened out, took Jacksonville. Now I'm wishing I did because I think Houston might win that division. Jaguars off three straight losses now. Um, and Tampa Bay off three straight wins. And it doesn't really feel like the market's reflecting those runs by only making Tampa Bay minus one here. Jacksonville's defense is a problem. 28th in yards per play, getting rolled by any legit offense. And even though Tampa Bay's run game is bad, they're 14th in yards per pass with good receivers. Chris Godwin looked healthy last week, which was key because I don't think he had a catch the game before. He had that rushing touchdown, but no catches, um, or at least not until late. Jacksonville's offense barely ahead of Tampa Bay's offense in yards per play. Um, so I think this comes down to obviously Trevor Lawrence's availability. I'm not telling anything new there um with lawrence i think they can throw on tampa bay's defense i expect the game to go over with no lawrence tampa bay it should be at minus three at least so keep an eye on that news and decide which way you want to play based on what happens there emory what has happened to the baker mayfield that we used to know i mean this guy just put up a perfect passer rating oh he listen he's he's still there and it depends on who he's playing against. Um, <laughs> the thing is, he'll have some success against this Jags defense, although they can get after the quarterback. They are much more athletic at all three levels than what we saw from um, than what he saw from Green Bay. So this game is tricky because what kind of Trevor Lawrence are we going to get? Um, you know, what kind of run game are we going to get? This is another game where backs are up against the wall. We saw this last week where the Jags lost. But then the Texans and the Colts also lost. They kind of kept them in that driver's seat for the AFC South. But now with everyone starting to breathe down the neck once again, this is a must-win game for both. Um, you know, and I feel like we'll see another situation where the total will go over. So I like that here in this matchup. Katie, it looked to me like you wanted to chime in on Baker Mayfield. Well, you know, it's just so interesting. One, to have a perfect passer rating at Lambeau Field is even more impressive than just, you know, Baker Mayfield doing that um, by himself. But we've really seen a maturity um, from Baker. I think this year he's not making those really risky throws that he was making in the beginning of his career. And he seems to really um, stand on his own more. And they love him in Tampa Bay. I mean, this could be not a super franchise quarterback, but this could be a guy that's there for a long time. And to echo what everyone has said, we don't know who's going to be a quarterback from the Jags. This is really a tale of two different Decembers, right? The Jags are 0-3 while the Bucks are 3-0 this month alone. Uh, if Trevor Lawrence is playing, he really hasn't looked the same since that high ankle sprain. He's been a turnover machine. He had two lost fumbles against the Ravens in Week 15. He threw, what, two or three picks um, versus the Browns. So even if Trevor Lawrence is in, we don't know what we're going to get. And then when you look at someone like C.J. Beathard, again, a former Niners backup quarterback, that doesn't look very good either. I do kind of agree with the guys here um, on the over. But in terms of the spread, I would wait to see who's at quarterback. 
Getting into the next one where you talk about the Arizona Cardinals who just gave up seven and a half yards per play, uh, just did not show up at all defensively, but that's against the 49ers. Now they go to Chicago. I am on the Bears. I got this minus four, minus 115. If you shop around, you could definitely get the minus four uh, in the 120 range at most books right now. I mean, the Bears have just been number two in defense the last five weeks behind only the Dolphins. If you look at EPA per play, uh, they've been on a tremendous roll, except for the late game collapse at Detroit. That defense has just been phenomenal. Um, and I think Justin Fields is still has a lot to prove. They're not going to tank away the season. They've blown three terrible fourth quarter games this season. The first two times they did it, they bounce back strong with the win. I think they take care of the Cardinals. Uh, RJ, you, it looks like to me that you're going to disagree. No, I like the Bears here, I, especially if you can get minus four. I would actually make this line like six and a half or six or six and a half. I think that the Cardinals are kind of in that that tank mode now. They're kind of in the give up mode. Their defense went from has gone from bad to worse. They're 29th in yards for play now, 31st on third down. I expect Chicago's offense to put up some points at home where they've won three straight. They did struggle last week. It was against an elite defense and you know in Cleveland. That's about as tough a spot as you're going to have. And they almost won that game anyway. They probably should have won that game anyway. So it's really kind of a tough, resilient team here. Much easier matchup for them their defense is elite versus the run they held cleveland to 29 rush yards and that will take away the one arizona strength that they have on offense if you can call anything that arizona does a strength arizona's offense 29th in yards for pass struggled to have success through the year against san francisco despite facing a pretty beat up defense in catch-up mode i know they scored some points in that game but the passing offense was wasn't anything to write home about there um i think they're going to struggle mightily in this spot here and the bears win this game running away so i do like your play of minus four um, i i am on that same side of minus four i think this line should should be much higher and it seems like the market disagrees and it's going to creep down a little bit so if you see fours available i think that's when you jump on the bears all right rj let's go uh we are all <laughs> going to weigh in on this next game cowboys and dolphins you know the cowboys got blown out but they lose zach martin maybe the flu was running through the team they have a blocked punt that probably should have been a huge play where the guy misses the ball and then mike mccarthy decides you know what I don't want a turnover. I'm not going to challenge that play uh, and just let the Bills run away with it. Um, Katie, wh what do you think about this great matchup, Cowboys and Dolphins? Well, first of all, I can't believe how long they left Dak Prescott in that game, too. I'm like, really? Week 15, we're going to play with our quarterback like this heading into the playoffs? Um, I know it sounds crazy. I kind of lean on the Cowboys here and taking the one and a half points with them. Yes, they have been road underdogs three times this year, but that was against the Niners, the Eagles, and the Bills. Um, lost all those games. This Miami team, yes, they're 10 and four. Yes, they have an explosive um, offense. We should be getting Tyreek Hill back considering I think he was it was a game time decision in the last game and they really didn't need him against the Jets. But this Cowboys team has more to prove here. And if you look at this Miami offense, they really they have a lot of penalties, 668 yards of penalties, 83 infractions, 17th um, in the NFL in terms of giving up free yards. If Dallas can get them to create these penalties, I think that they have a chance here. And I do think that Dallas is a little bit more desperate in this spot. So I think they get their first away from home underdog win. I think one of these teams is a fraud. I just don't know which one it is. They're great oh. <laughs> at beating up on bad teams. RJ, what do you think? Yeah, what's interesting is you look at the game last week, Cowboys at Bills. This is about where the line was for much of the week, minus one and a half. Are the Dolphins better than the Bills? Are they the same as the Bills? I think most people would put the Bills ahead at this point. One of the best teams in the league, the way they've looked the last few weeks. So that tells you that the value is probably on the Cowboys side here. This line should probably be closer to pick them. Not much to take away from Miami's offense in that Jets win. Field position was great all game. Did not have to do much in that game. Miami's defense is fourth in yards per play, but they've played a pretty easy schedule. You see week in and week out, they've been 10-point favorites in a lot of these games, uh, especially lately. This is their first tough test since week nine. Um, big injuries to both offensive lines. It low, sounds like Zach Martin's going to be okay. Not sure the state of the Miami offensive line. That's really what it could come down to with this Cowboys pass rush. But Tua can neutralize that some. You see he's getting the ball out quickly. That's obviously the key to their offense. And Dallas really needs Jonathan Hankin back to solidify the run defense because this Miami rush offense can run all over them if he's not in the game. So I think Dallas is going to be focused after that embarrassing loss to Buffalo. While Miami might not be as good as their recent run suggests which I think you were hinting at. So if you're going to play this spread, I kind of look to the Cowboys. I think it's a great teaser line before it goes down if you want to tease them. Or you could just play the over and expect there to be a lot of points in this game. Two leans for Dallas. Emery, where do you stand? I love the Dolphins in this spot. And you look at where the Bills beat the, uh, the Cowboys up is up front in the run game. 
what my and people this is the big misconception about that Sean McVay tree Sean McVay Kyle Shanahan and uh here with Mike McDaniel yeah they may look like they operate juice bars and run yoga studios but these dudes are tough minded because they run the football Miami can run the football and they will run the football against this Cowboys defense that's the best thing you can do against a team that wants to get after the quarterback turn those pass rushers into run defenders. And when they're focused on the run game, now you hit them with play action passes. Now you got those aggressive linebackers and those aggressive edge rushers focus on the screen game, focus on that low crosser, that mid-level crosser. They're, this game will look a lot like San Francisco. Now they may not get the doors blown off uh, because pride will kick in. They learned a lesson from San Francisco, but in terms of stopping the run, Miami's run game ran against the Jets, who has a very good defense. They all they did was spread the field out slightly and made things look like a kickoff or punt return. And a lot of those fast guys, Moster and A-Chan, those guys have a lot of room to pick and choose where they want to go. This is the same situation, except the Bills ran right down Main Street um, and right off tackle. The Dolphins can do that, but they also can do it in different, a lot of different ways. So I see this one being a tough matchup for the Cowboys. I like the Dolphins to win. Now, I don't know if this was a slight, but uh, I don't even see Patriots-Broncos in my rundown, uh, (laughs) which which kind of shows you that this probably shouldn't be the Sunday night game, or maybe I just missed it. Um, RJ, take it away. Yeah, no, it was intended to be after the ad break, so you had it right at the right spot here. Um, it's, it's, you know, thanks to the NFL for putting this game on Sunday night, Christmas Eve, so everybody can turn off their TV, spend some time with family, <laughs> and not have to watch the New England Patriots try to play football in the year 2023. Um, so Denver got steamrolled last week by the Detroit team in a good spot at home. Now they seem to be in the same situation in a good spot at home here against a bad offense. New England's defense, fifth in yards per play, largely effective against the Chiefs despite the score. Denver's offense has topped 300 yards just once in the last seven games so this could be a spot where new england uh, can, can hold denver down scoring wise uh, new england's offense had only three of 12 drives go over 10 yards just you know 10 yards is pretty easy to do and, and you can only do it three and 12 drives we'll see if they get some offensive weapons back for the for this game if they don't you know hunter henry's banged up now too amidst all the other injuries um roger stevenson just hasn't played in weeks um so maybe they'll have trouble scoring there but if they get a few guys back they could score on this denver defense 30th in yards per play 32nd against the run and that lines up well for what New England wants to do. Don't put the ball in the quarterback's hands. Put it in the running back's hands. Run, play defense in a low-scoring game. Power ratings say this line should be on the other side of seven. I am not rushing out to play the Broncos, laying six and a half in such a low-scoring total game. I do not trust Denver to score enough points here. If I play this game, it's going to be New England. I'm just going to wait and see if we can get a seven. Christmas Eve, having to travel cross-country. The season is over. Um, Katie, do, do the Patriots even show up? Well, I was just looking to see what the Patriots total points are 13 and a half. They average under this mark this year. So if I was going to do anything, I would I would fade the Patriots and their team total because this Denver uh, Broncos defense has been better in the second half of the season. And I just don't trust anyone in New England on offense. So I would probably lean to fading their team total. Emery, what do you say? I'm going to lean toward a double play here, laying the points and also taking the under. I can see this one being 20 to 13, which helps you cast the under and also helps you cast the cover with the Broncos. I just don't see much coming from New England's offense, but defensively they're smart and they'll be in this ballgame. I forget, was it the Rams last year that went to Denver and didn't show up uh, very late in the season and it got away? It was like a 50-point uh, loss. It was, it was um, the Rams scoring. That was the Baker Mayfield game. Where oh, he had okay, game. that was the Broncos that didn't show up. Oh, his first yeah. game, right? Yeah. Right. That was the one where he decided he wanted to be NFL quarterback still, and that was that's his come that was his comeback story. Does he get signed by the Buccaneers to be a starter without that game? I'm not sure. No. Good point. All right. Well, let's get on to Raiders and Chiefs. Antonio Pierce now, they're three and three. They have under him. They have extra rest. There's a lot of points to be laying in a divisional game against the Chiefs offense that just hasn't been explosive. RJ, do you agree it's take the points or stay away? Yeah, it's tough because Kansas City was 10-point favorites in Vegas a few weeks ago. They covered that number despite getting down, I believe, 14 nothing right away, and they just stormed back. So I don't know why this line is only 10. I mean, they got back on track against a tough New England defense. The Kansas City defense is up to sixth in yards per play. They're first in sack rate. I just can't see Vegas scoring a ton of points in this game. And, and you know, seven, they don't score more than 17 points against any defense that isn't the tragic Chargers defense run by Brandon Staley. So um, it, just if they're not scoring points, I think Kansas City's defense can create some 
short fields for the Kansas City offense that has had su- had success in a tough environment at New England. They do need to get in rhythm for the playoffs. I know they've been kind of sleeping giants because their season really doesn't ever start till January. But it's time to get in rhythm. It's time to figure out what you're going to do because you can't just flip a switch and turn it on in January. So I think they get to some of that here. My Vegas rating might be slightly high. Um, just compared to where I think it, it, people would be a little bit shocked, it probably would put them a little lower, and my power ratings would still make this line ten and a half. So I'm not going to play it at ten, but hopefully we get single digits and people are, are kind of reading what you're 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 putting out there and uh, and want to move this line down because if it gets down to single digits, I think the Chiefs might be the play. Jalen Hurts came out uh, after Monday Night Football and questioned the commitment of some of his team where I would question the decision-making of of Jalen Hurts throwing to A.J. Brown in double coverage when you've got Kenneth Gainwell and other guys uh, wide open across the middle of the field. And now the Eagles are laying double digits over 10 points against the lowly Giants, yes. But do you think Emery that the Eagles will cover as we move on to game number two on Christmas. <laughs> you watch the Giants play against the Saints or anybody <laughs> with half decent hey, football come on. <laughs> they are not scoring points against this Eagles defense, no matter how bad this Eagles defense is. Lay these points with, with the Eagles. You know, I know everyone is focusing on the offense, but I will say this. They are running plays and not running an offense. That's what I see from Philadelphia. They have to get back to running an offense. And this is the perfect get back game, get right game against a Giants team that will give you multiple chances at bat because their offense will not have success against Philadelphia. So they'll get ample times with the football. We'll see them get right back on the winning track here. RJ, do you think it's a nice bounce back spot for the Eagles? Love the bounce back spot for the Eagles. They're finally done with a brutal stretch of games where they're just playing the Super Bowl contenders week in and week out. And then the Seahawks in Seattle is not a, not an easy spot either. Great bounce back spot off of three straight losses. They're now be talk, getting talked about like they aren't as good as their 10-1 record. The point differential was never that good. Maybe they're a little bit fraudulent like the Vikings were last year. And of course, they don't want to hear any of that. They're going to come out looking to prove anything in this game. This could be a sleepy spot at home if they were still on their, their grind and just winning these games easily they're going to be focused here giants it's time for them to pack it in even if they went max effort in this game i would make this line around eagles minus 14 so i understand the move from 10 and a half i think it should be higher love emory's play of laying the points here because that positive giants run came crashing down against the new orleans defense that has been beatable particularly against the run um, the giants defense also had a solid day but this is the first elite offense they've seen since dallas and in that game dallas scored 49 points and had 640 yards of offense i don't think the eagles are going to be that good but scoring should not be an issue for the Eagles here. This is a Super Bowl preview coming up that everyone is going to be calling it that all week, I'm sure. And it very well could be. I mean, the 49ers, clearly the best team in football right now when healthy. Uh, they are just a, a powerhouse. And, and Katie, I know that you're attacking this game, but not on the point spread. No, I well, one, I'm a big 49ers fan, so I don't know if it's just being superstitious. I almost never lay lay the points with the 49ers. Uh, how I always attack it, and Brinson makes fun of me on the Pick 6 podcast, is the Niners team total. This week it's 26 and a half. Going to go ahead and take that over. It's hit in every single game this season, except for the three-game losing streak. Um, and then uh, a couple weeks ago, it ended at 28 when it was at 28 and a half. But like you said, this is a huge test for the 49ers going up against you know the best team in the AFC the best record in the NFL, and like you said, potentially a Super Bowl preview. Both the Niners and um, the Ravens have the longest winning streaks right now in the league. The Niners are first in point differential compared to the Ravens, who are third. Baltimore's defense is tough, um, but you've got to think the Ravens just played in overtime two weeks ago against the Rams. This is going to be their third game in 15 days, and they really haven't played a team that scores 30 points per game at home, which we know that San Francisco does. The only time this season that the Niners scored fewer than 28 points at Levi's was against the Bengals. That was the last game that they lost in that three-game losing streak, and it was before the bye. This offense is just a unit clicking on all cylinders. I think it's a bad matchup for Baltimore, so I will go ahead and still take the Niners team total over 26 and a half. And then the Ravens lose Keaton Mitchell, who was very explosive, very dynamic. RJ, do you think this spread is justified? 
Uh, I, yeah, definitely. I think if the 49ers at home, they're three points better than any team in the league and they get three points for home field advantage, they have a good home field advantage. So I think you start the line at six against anyone. So until it gets to six, then I think you should be looking to lay it with the 49ers. They've won six straight by at least 12 points, def- despite facing a lot of solid teams in, in that stretch, a lot of teams that are playoff contenders or definitely in the playoffs. Four of those six games also on the road. So don't never never mind the, uh, the solid home field advantage. They're getting it done on the road too. Baltimore's defense first in yards per play, but the Rams showed they might not be as good as that rating throwing it all over them in that matchup and Kyron Williams running it all over them. They also gave a 5.5 yards per play to Jacksonville as well when Trevor Lawrence not looking right, like Katie said earlier. So this Baltimore defense might not be as good as the statistics, might be built a lot on who they've played. San Francisco's offense, you can't say that about. Their first in yards per play, they, they just kick everyone's butt up and down the field offensively. 400 plus yards in six of the last seven, 27 plus points in the last six. They'll get their points here. Questionable whether Baltimore will be able to keep up. This beat up San Francisco defense had their first bad game in a while at Arizona. If they do get healthier here, which I expect, they could bounce back, have a good game. I think 49ers probably win this game by at least seven points. So if I'm playing it, it's going to be to lay the 49ers here. Um, I just expect this line to keep going up because I don't know who wants to get in front of that that uh, runaway train that is the 49ers at this point. Yeah, I wonder if San Fran held out a few people uh, who might have played uh, were it not Arizona to save them for this matchup. Emery, which side are you on uh, in terms of the point spread? Give me the Ravens plus the uh, on the money line. I like the Ravens to win here. They have the ultimate X factor in Lamar Jackson. And you talk about the games that the Ravens tend to play up for. These are the type of games, spotlight games, Sunday night football. Everyone's watching. Everyone's talking about the 49ers. Yes, the Ravens defense can be thrown on. I said that back in the preseason. That's their biggest Achilles heel. Those corners don't turn around and look for the football. They should have some opportunities to give up big plays for San Francisco. But on the flip side, and Katie brought up that Rams game, the Ravens scored 30 plus. How many guys are running open in the rain that you know, guys, wasn't uh, Lamar wasn't able to connect deep on, or he was able to connect deep thanks to the receiver adjusting to the football. Expect the timing to be a little bit better. Let's say it's a clear game and no weather involved. The Ravens should be able to win this ball game, and I think they will win this ball game. They have the best kicker in the game. They have the best quarterback in the game. The X factor. I think those two things you can't simulate or practice for. That's going to be the edge to help help them win this ball game. Uh, probably about by three. Wow. Well, at this point of the week, I am definitely struggling, still struggling, and need to look into this matchup a lot more. But one thing I'm not struggling with, we have best bets, three best bets from every single person on this screen. And we're going to take it first. RJ White, run down your picks for us. I've got the Commanders and Jets going under 37.5 points. I don't see how the Commanders score points in that game. And the Jets, even against a bad defense there in Washington with their quarterback issues, if it's Trevor Simeon, I don't think they're scoring a ton of points either. Packers against the Panthers under 36.5. Panthers games have been going under because that defense is playing really well and the offense cannot reach the end zone to save its life. Finally got a big win, did not score a touchdown in that game. It was all field goals for them. I have a teaser, Steelers plus 8 and Browns plus 8.5. I think these are two solid teams teams that are going to be able to go and compete, maybe win their games. Really like the Steelers. I think that game should be a pick them. And then the Browns, I think the line is about right, but they have a, a quarterback in Joe Flacco that can cover on the back door if we need it. Emery. Mine is uh, simple. Like this is about matchups. Give me Sean McVay over Dennis Allen. So Rams minus four. Give me Shane Steichen over Arthur Smith. So Colts plus one. Can even take that on the money line and give me, Jalen Hurts over time with the veto chips. And I just think that they're going <laughs> to blow these guys out. So those are my three best bets this weekend. Well, they certainly blew them out last year. Uh, Katie, what do you got? I'm going to lay the four with the Rams here. I mean, Stafford has just been looking pretty amazing. This offense is clicking on all cylinders. Kyron Williams is going to run all over the Saints. Um, pretty weak rush defense. And Cooper Cup seems to look like him old self again. I'm taking the 49ers team total over 26 and a half. They average about 30 points per game at home this season. I'm also going to lay the two points with the Bengals. This Steelers offense has just been inept. And even if it is Mason Rudolph, um, I don't see them keeping this one close. I'm totally with you on the Rams laying the points against the Saints team, you know, that dominated the Panthers and the Saints, and now they're facing a very elite offense. I also love the Bills team total over 26 and a half against the Chargers defense, despite the coaching change. And then, like I am every single week, I will play the Chicago Bears against the spread. They've been good to me uh, for about five weeks now. Uh, Mm -hmm. So take the Bears, lay the points against Arizona, just playing out the string. I want to thank everyone for joining us on the Meg 
mega preview. Good luck with all your bets. We'll see you right here on this channel, 10 a.m. tomorrow for the early app.